to get it in. Dustin Smith, Jabari for three, and the win! Yeah! He got it! News. This is the Rocksville Podcast. And of course, I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. You can always find me over at Twitter at Binkley Hoops, all my wedding work over at SB Nation or the Dream Shake. And before we get into it, as you saw that big play from Amin Thompson and the Rockets overtime winning last night, I want to let my co-host get, uh, give him a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me at Vader Sports on Twitter and also on IG for your Rockets-related news and a little bit of text and stuff. Uh, speaking of that play, man, that Amon Thompson play was insane. That's probably my top, one of my top three plays of the game yesterday because, like, we we knew that um, Amon was a difference maker. Uh, not not with shooting yet, not not just yet with that, but like as far as uh, like his defensive impact uh, at the end of the game yesterday, and then his passing, obviously. But like for him to come over. Um, and, and, and help out, you know, help Aaron Holiday out right there and, and block Colin Sexton, who was he was he was pretty hot yesterday. Right. And, and uh, he was cooking us all, you know, all fourth quarter and overtime. So for him to come over and make that play, man, that was huge. And I, and I think Amon Thompson's insertion into the lineup um, in overtime actually helped us seal that win. Yeah. And actually, I want to talk a little bit more about that play a little bit later because um I asked Amin about that and, you know, how he saw that play from his point of view. And, you know, he gave a, a really good answer on that. But before we get too far into it, I definitely want to say uh, we want to announce that we are now part of the Believe Network, uh, the podcast network that has a lot of different, a lot of great pro, uh, podcasts on the NFL side. They have a lot of uh, podcasts on the basketball side. So we are definitely happy to be joining that network. And that lets us know that we are doing something right, that we are growing the podcast so we definitely want to give a shout out to the believe network and we are definitely happy that this is our first official podcast on that network and we're hoping for a lot of great things to come so uh we definitely want to let everybody know about that big announcement and uh definitely keep your eye out for some more great things we're going to be doing with them in the future so uh like you were saying with that that huge block that was definitely the play of the game last night the rockets were able to pull out the overtime win their first overtime win of the season 127 to 126 over uh surprisingly really good utah jazz team i don't think a lot of people thought coming into the year that utah will be fighting for a playoff spot but right now, the Utah Jazz are actually still ahead of the Rockets, barely by percentage points, but after the Rockets had that win last night. But the Utah Jazz are really fighting for one of those last play-in spots, just like the Houston Rockets. So that was a really big win last night. It was the first overtime win of the year for the Rockets, coming off that 1-5 road trip where the Rockets were like the worst shooting team uh, in the NBA during that span. They didn't shoot much better last night, around 33% from three, but they did come up with the big plays down the stretch that Armin Thompson played was one of them. And, of course, I can't go too far without talking about Alper and Shangun, who just took over late in that game, who had the huge and one to tie the game up when the Rockets were down three with around a minute, a minute and a half left in the game. He had a tied his career high in points with 37. He had the second most minutes he's played um, in his career with 42 which actually had his career high uh, in November a few months ago. So you can definitely tell that this is a different Shangun in a lot of different ways. Um, 
last couple season, we all know the back and forth of why he wasn't playing minutes. Some of it was the coaching staff. Some was that Shangun was still trying to get to the point where he can play major minutes. And now he's playing these major minutes. It's not seeming to be affecting him at all. He had a huge game. And something I mentioned like earlier, like if they're not going to double team Shangun and they're going to try to play him one-on-one, he's going to have a monster game. And that's exactly what happened last night. He had those huge 37 points. He had the double-double, the huge and one play, and made the free throw because I know he was struggling with the free throws throughout the game, but he did make that free throw. Um, so he had a huge game. Don't want to forget about Jabari Smith because um, a lot of times we forget that Jabari Smith is having a, a breakout season himself. Um, he may not always have the huge number when it comes to scoring, but he's always crashing the board. He's always playing hard. He's always doing other things besides just scoring. And right now, if he's not the second option, he's definitely a really close third option when it comes on the offensive end. Because when you have somebody has over a seven-foot wingspan that can shoot the mid-range shot, he definitely should be one of your go-to options. And he definitely was last night. He had a huge double-double as well. So it's just a, a really good win overall against a really tough team because you know now for uh, the second straight time this year, the Rockets have to play the Boston Celtics on a back-to-back night. So we know it's going to be a tough game tonight. So – what did you think of the game last night? What did you think of Alfred Shankun performance? And, of course, you know, we also have to talk about the rookies. Cam Whitmore played major minutes, played his most important minutes of the year. He actually was playing ahead of Jalen in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And, of course, Armin Thompson, like you talked about earlier with that huge block. So what was kind of your thoughts overall on the game? Well, shout out to the NBA for giving us a schedule loss potentially tonight. Uh, you get the best team in the NBA on a back-to-back on the night after you had to go into overtime. Just kind of sucks, but like I think they'll be up for the challenge. I'm not expecting a victory, but I'm hoping that they like, at least you know at least be scrappy and take the game into the fourth quarter and then give yourself an opportunity to win. As far as the game <clears throat> against Utah, I think a lot of people don't realize like Utah is a good team. I think they yeah. came in. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they were eight and eight and two in their previous 10, 10 yeah. matchups coming into the game last night. So they they have been and, and like you said, they're ahead of us in the standings. There it's not like uh we were playing a, a bad team last night. I think people look at their roster because they don't have a superstar on the team and, and just think, oh, that's an easy, that's an easy win. And and it's not. Uh Lori Markinen is a good player. Uh Walker Kessler is probably one of the the best rim protectors in the NBA. And then, you know, they and they're scrappy. Colin Sexton can drop 30, 40 points on you on any given night. Uh, they have other guys that can come off the bench and give you buckets. Um, that's a good basketball team. And uh, we had a pretty good lead on them and we, we blew it. Um, some people after the game were a little upset that we uh, we, we didn't like uh, win by double figures. But that's that's basketball. Like, yeah. if, you, if you've been watching basketball, you know, for for a long time, you know, um, you know, it's a game of runs and at at the end of the day, you just want to be the team that 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 is is one point better, you know, when the, when, when it goes to, to zeros. And um, like like you said, Alfred Shangun, man, for a guy who his rookie season, we used to get the whole he can't play uh, more than thirty minutes or whatever because of his conditioning. For him to go out yesterday and just put on a masterful performance, other than the free throws, obviously, um, he's our best player. I mean, and I don't think it's I don't think it's debatable any longer um if he's not on this team if he's not on this roster who knows what the record would be right now because everything kind of flows through him um and he is he has been up to the task and and i know um he could have it could have gone either way because i know i i don't know how the previous coaching regime felt about him 
Um, I know they liked him, but I don't know if they felt like he could be this kind of player. And I think they, you know, he he got benched a lot. He got um, critiqued in the media a lot. Not saying it was unfair or fair, but like a lot of guys maybe would have folded under those circumstances and and, and maybe not become the player that he's become. So I want to give props to him for like going through, you know, what he went through as far as, you know, being benched. Uh, Bruno Fernando starting over him. No disrespect to Bruno Fernando. Wow, but like, yeah, like. It was, it's kind of crazy, right? When you think about it in, in, in retrospect, you we were starting a fringe NBA player over Alperen Shingun. Uh, who, who hasn't played at all since being traded to a, I think he's still with Atlanta. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of wild when you when you consider that 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 was actually a thing. <laughs> we did that, right? And and now to see him go out and drop 37 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. And he's doing it against, uh, like I said, like Walker Kessler is not a slouch. I don't know no. how many people are really familiar with him, but that guy at any given night can get you uh, 10 plus blocks because that's how good he is. And, and Shangun has mastered being able to, uh, at least on offense, he he knows how to use his, uh, his leverage. He, uh, he gets lower. He puts his shoulder in the guys and moves them out the way and he finishes. And, and I just love the way that he does that. And then, like you said, Jabari is kind of um, – been an unsung hero for us this year. I think our, our draft last year is, is was sneaky good because when you look at what we got from him and what we're getting from um, Tyrese and when he's healthy, um, I hate the fact that that dude dove into his leg um, earlier in the season after he stole the ball from him. That was kind of crazy. But um, we got two guys who are going to impact winning and they can play in any system. But I, 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 I'm super impressed with Shingo, super impressed with um, Jabari, and then um, – I'm going to stop right there and we can circle back to like the Cam Whitmore and the Amma Thompson minutes. Yeah. And actually, I, I want to play something because I asked Shane Goon about, you know, his career night and knowing that now he is the go-to guy. He's the guy that the Rockets go to, you know, regardless of the score, especially in close tight games and how he kind of felt about this. And Shane Goon gave a Shane Goon answer where he doesn't want to, you know, keep all the praise on himself. Um, but it, it just kind of shows you that, He's real humble when it comes to talking about himself, and but he knows exactly what needs to be done. And so I kind of wanted to play that clip. I mean, uh, you know, Fred got fell out, so he was making all that show for us. And then when he got to bench, so I didn't want to lose, you know. I was saying I'm, I'm going to win this game tonight. And just I was trying hard, aggressive, good score, you know, and just playing hard. So you see, I mean, with him, it's all about winning. I don't think he really cares about the stats or how many points he puts up. And, you know, I, I you know, sometimes you can tell when other players, like, they really worried about their stats or they're pulling up their box scores and they want to see. It's like, Shane Goon is about, like, one thing, and that's winning, and that's also, you know, helping his teammates. That's the main thing with him. And I think that's something that's kind of resonate with all of his teammates. That's why all his teammates love him so much. It's not just, you know, some fake love that you do because they're on your team but they really respect what he brings and they really like playing with him because they know that not only he's going to score, but he's going to get the ball to the open man. And you can just kind of tell from those comments that, you know, he's really just about winning basketball games. And that's the main thing with him. Yeah. I think you could say the same thing about Jabari, even though his, yeah. uh, we've seen yep. games where he puts up a lot of points and we've seen games where he just goes out there and he, he tries to lock up, you know, one of the best players on the other team. We saw that, um, when they played Chicago and he had to get switched out onto DeMar DeRozan at the end of that game, 
Um, Jabari has kind of this season been, uh, I think, what we expected when we drafted him as far as being a guy who's going to give you um, some high-volume three-point shooting and a guy who is a good switchable defender on defense. And, like, I, I don't think um, – I think the sky's the limit for him. Obviously, he's just – he's still 20. And Shangun is still 21. And then you have, um, you know, you, you have Cam Whitmore is 19. You have, you know, I can go on. Amon Thompson is still only 20 years old. He's another guy who I think just is just about winning. You know what I mean? But like like you said, circling back to Alper and Shingun, man, that guy, um, if, if he's going to be the face of our franchise, I think we have a good one because, like you said, he's, he's selfless. Uh, he's genuinely excited when other guys do well. I remember earlier in the season when Jalen Green uh, kind of, at that point in time, kind of broke out of his slump. Who who was one of the first people that was over there cheering him on? It was Alper and Shingun. Like those guys have a good relationship, and he was like, "He's back, he's back." You know, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he's gone again. But maybe he'll probably be back. Hopefully, but um, no. But Alper and Shingun seems like a really great teammate, man. And he's he's he seems super humble, and it's been a pleasure watching his his basketball growth this this season. I mean, he's a guy. Sometimes he gets the ball, and there's two, three guys on him. And uh, when you hear the coaches talk about him in the postgame um, conferences or whatever, um, they always have nothing but but respect and glowing things to say about him. I don't know if you caught the um, Joel, Joel Embiid interview, um, but Joel Embiid was like, it's a pleasure going up against a guy like Alfred Shingun. Um, he's one of the best, you know, players in the NBA, and I love when I go up against the best. You know, so, like, even his peers are starting to recognize that he's an all-star. Hopefully he gets that nod this season. I think he deserves it. Yeah, I did see that that clip of what Joel Embiid was talking about him. And, and and when you have like great players constantly talking about how great a young player like Shangun is, you gotta start really paying attention. Like Joel Embiid said it, Kevin Durant said it, Paul George has said it. I mean, it kind of goes on and on and on, all the people. And then you see opposing coaches, they like go out of their way to talk about how great Shangun is. So at some point, you got to realize, like, man, he is one of the best players in the league, not just best young players, like one of the best players in the league. And even though he's probably not going to be a starter, well, he's not going to be a starter because, you know, he's kind of behind on the fan vote. But reserves are decided by the coaches. And we've seen, like, every single opposing coach say great things about Shangun and He's the main reason, you know, why, you know, they won the game. And we go into the game, we're game planning to stop Shangun. He has a really good chance of making the um, all-star team as a reserve just because of that reason. And, you know, it's kind of just amazing to think that when he was drafted uh, a few years ago, yeah, people knew that he was a really good player. I mean, he was an MVP of a really tough, uh, a tough league. So not like it's a huge surprise, but to think that, a few years later, he would be the face of the franchise when you've had several high draft picks since then that the Rockets have had. I mean, it's pretty amazing, you know, kind of where he's gotten to, kind of where we thought that Jalen would be at this point. And we'll talk some about Jalen in the second segment coming up here soon. But it's just pretty amazing just to watch how he's taken off in this just a short amount of time. Yeah, I think Stone's done pretty pretty well on that on those middle round draft picks. When you look at um, Tari Eason at seventeen, I think Shingun at sixteen, Cam Whitmore at twenty. Um, yeah, I mean those guys. I, I think those are guys that you can you can build around. Yeah, they they have some um, some things they can get better at. Even Shingun, this is the this is the crazy thing. When you look at the fact that he is twenty one years old, 
He he probably is going to be a better shooter. He's probably going to get a lot stronger. Um, he's pretty strong now, but like he still has some improvement. I feel inside like his physique. Um, he's he's going to get smarter. Like he's going to be better. He's 21 years old and he's doing all of these things already. Um, imagine, you know, barring injury, knock on wood, like imagine what he's going to be doing when he's like 25 years old, 26 years old. He's, yeah. he's going to be like, uh, it's going to be terrifying for the rest of the NBA, NBA most likely. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's going to be a saying to see where he, where he is in a few years when he's had even more time to study defenses and find, know exactly how they're going to be playing in these upcoming years. And one more thing, a couple of things I want to talk about before we wrap up this first segment, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about the rookies. And we've seen, you know, since Cam came back from the G League, it's been a struggle for him to get on the court. It's something I've asked M.A. several times about, about his minutes and possibly get more minutes. But we're finally starting to see that. And, yes, Tari Eason is still out, and that may affect his minutes going forward. But even with Dylan Brooks back, this is the first time that Cam Whitmore has played. Um, he's played sometime into the fourth quarter, but never crunch time at the very end of the game. And he played all the way through the fourth quarter last night into crunch time and played into overtime. I think that goes a long way to where, you know, kind of what MA and the coaching staff is starting to think about Cam Whitmore is that they're really starting to trust him. And he actually played ahead of Jalen Green. And Jalen Green, the only reason Jalen Green came back into the game was because Fred had fouled out and he came in to play some of the uh, point guard position but cam whitmore you know he's really starting to make a name for himself and i think it's pretty safe to say that he's he's never going back to the g league oh, uh man. ever again in his career so it was pretty amazing to watch him of course like we talked about earlier Almond thompson with that huge block at the end of the game and also at the end of regulation uh when the jazz had a chance to win at the buzzer he actually cut off i don't remember if it was sexton or clarkson but he cut them off at the baseline which forced the pass back out um, he played great defense in the regulation. So I had asked him actually about that play, the huge block that he had. He said the reason why he knew it was coming because Sexton had tried that same thing on him where he tried to bulldoze him and run into him and push him off, off him to get an easy layup. And he knew that that was the exact same thing that he was trying to do um, again to Aaron Holiday, and which actually he did because he had a wide open layup. And, and Armin Thompson just came out of nowhere. And I think that's one of the things that, he's going to really be able to do is be a really good uh, to great weak side shot blocker. And we saw that last night with that huge block. Yeah. Um, I love, I love Amin, man. I, I, I really want him to get more minutes. I know his shooting is not quite uh, NBA ready yet, but yeah. we saw him affect the game in so many different ways with steals, forcing turnovers, block shots, rebounding, pushing the yeah. pace. Um, uh, Ime went to a like offensive and defensive uh, switch with, with him and Jalen Green last night. And I know he kept Jalen on the floor for, for floor spacing purposes because, you know, you do still have to respect the fact that he he could possibly knock down a three point shot or whatever. Um, and that gives that creates more spacing for guys like Alperin Shingoon or whatever. But like when 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 Amon was in the game, I just felt like he was he was yesterday, at least he was more impactful. Um, and I, and I, like I said earlier, I don't think we win that game if those Amon Thompson minutes don't happen because he did so many little things and some of them showed up on the box score and some, some of them did not. And, uh, I, I'm just super high on him. I, I hope he can start carving out like even more minutes moving forward. And then, um, as far as Cam Whitmore, yeah, there's no reason for that dude to go back to the G league. Um, <laughs> no. people, people kept telling me and I would argue with people like all at the beginning of the season, 
because they kept telling me Cam's going down to the G League to uh, become a better passer and uh, become a better defensive player. And I'm like, yeah, Cam going down there and he's going to, like, take all the shots. And yeah, that's, not why he was, that's not why he was going down there, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they may send him down there, but, like, as soon as he steps on the basketball court and he realizes he's the best player on the, on the floor, like, he's not going to be passing that ball. And we saw that when he was down there. He was pretty much a cheat code. He was unfair. He was uh, he was dropping 30, 40 points anytime he felt like it. And so to me, in my opinion, and I know part of the reason if you're not going to play it, it's good to go down there and stay stay game ready, stay in shape or whatever. But I feel like his his biggest learning is going to happen on the NBA floor because we know he can score. His biggest learning uh, uh, how to like make swing passes is going to happen on the NBA floor. And I think um, – you know, some of those early returns showed that, yeah, he still needed a lot of work. There were some screenshots flying around Twitter where he was like bulldozing in on like three or four people and there were other people open. Um, and I think, you know, that's fine because I know Yudoka is a good coach. And, I, you know, what I think happened, they showed him the film. They're like, hey, man, I know you feel like you can score on four people, but, you know, there's two guys open. You know what I mean? And uh, I think he still struggles with it, but I think he's gotten better to me. Like I, I see there are times where it looks like he wants to shoot it and he has those voices going on in his head. You can make this. Um, and he's passed. And I think like, you know, two weeks ago, he probably still takes that shot. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm excited about Cam Whitmore. Like I said, this guy is 19 years old. I think he's one of the six youngest players in the NBA and uh, he's going out there and he's just giving dudes buckets. Like, like Walker Kessler, you remember that movie? I think it was the fourth quarter where he was going to the basket and he put his shoulder in a Walker Kessler and moved him oh, yeah. and hit the layup. Yep. Um, I don't know. Too, there ain't too many other guys on this roster who would have who been able to do that. And so yeah. you're telling me we got a 19-year-old kid that, that is going out there and, and taking an elite, an elite shot blocker and basically putting him under the basket and finishing over him? Like, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. And, yeah, no reason to send that dude back to the G League at all. Yeah, and, and real quick before we wrap up this first segment – it's, this kind of goes to M.A.'s coaching style and Cam's willingness to listen to what he's saying. So it was a play in the third quarter, I think, where Cam missed an assignment on three-pointer and gave up a wide-open corner three. Now, the Jazz missed a shot, but, I mean, soon as he missed that assignment, I looked over because I was at the game. I looked over at the bench, and I saw M.A. head jerk back and look at the bench, and, and that's when he brought, I think, Jalen back in the game. And then he was talking to Cam. He was coming to the bench. And it's not a bad thing. It's something that I think that the Rockets rookies and young guys were missing the last couple of years. Not to say that, you know, this ain't the bash coach stylist, but right. I, it's, it's a totally different thing when, number one, you're winning games. Players are more likely to listen to you. And number two, M.A. has that track record already. And as soon as that happened, he talked to him. And he didn't, like, you know, sulk or anything like that. It seemed like he took it all in stride. And guess what? Cam ended up finishing out the game. So he must have been receptive to what uh, M.A. was saying because we know that if you don't listen to what M.A. is saying or you don't do what M.A. is saying, then you're probably not playing in the fourth quarter. And this is going to lead right into our second segment where we're going to talk about Jalen Green and people not wanting Jalen Green to start and why is Jalen Green still playing and all this. But I just wanted to say that to say that the young guys are really listening. And Ahmed mentioned it as well that – Hey, MA is on us, and we gotta, you know, do certain things to be able to stay on the court. So that definitely goes to, you know, MA coaching style and why the Rockets are went from where the Detroit Pistons are right now to actually yeah. fighting for a playoff spot. So I, I definitely want to talk a little bit more about 
uh, MS coaching style and the rotation and talk about Jalen Green in the second segment. I also talk a little bit about uh, tonight's game where for the second straight time they're playing Boston on a second night of a back-to-back. So definitely make sure you stick around and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rocks Field Podcast, now part of the Believe Network. And in the second segment, I definitely want to talk about kind of the elephant in the room, and that's Jalen Green. Um, yes, last night, Jalen Green did struggle again from the uh, field as, you know, he was not playing late in the fourth quarter until Fred Van Vliet fouled out. And then, um, like Vader has t- spoke about earlier, they kind of did an offense-defense thing, especially in overtime where – uh, they will try to take him out of any dead ball on the defensive side and bring him back in on the offensive side. Um, but Cam Whitmore did play ahead of Jalen Green for pretty much most of the fourth quarter and pretty much most of overtime. So the question kind of has been posed to me several times is, you know, why is Jalen Green still starting? Why is M.A. still giving him minutes? And look, I understand Jalen Green is struggling. He has taken a step back this year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that everything is fine and, He's going to be a superstar player. I don't know that at this point. I don't know what type of player Jalen Green is going to be at this point. But a couple of things I do want to say is Jalen Green is playing better defense this year. Yes, it may not stick out like, you know, if he was putting up 40 points a game. But there are things he is doing better on the defensive end. He is still a a willing passer on the offensive end. He's not just jacking up shots every time he gets the ball. He is trying to be a better passer. He is trying to be a better connector on the offensive end. Yes, he is struggling big time when it comes to shooting. He, he is struggling big time when it comes to just scoring overall, and I think a lot of that has to do with him just not realizing that, hey, I'm faster than everybody else on the court. I can jump over everybody. I need to stop just overthinking everything. I need just need to react. And I think that's a big reason why he's struggling on the court. And, and another thing that I pointed out before is that this is really the first time that he's in a structured offense. You got to think about it. When he played AAU ball, when he played with um, the G League, it was just a, hey, give him the ball, let him go up and down the court and let him make plays. And he was always better than everybody else. So he didn't have to develop his game. And, yes, I understand that MA – well, I understand that Alperin also was drafted at the same time as Jalen, and he is thriving under MA. But you got to realize that Alperin has been playing structured basketball since he was a kid. He played in a totally different league. He has a totally different offensive game. So his game was going to thrive regardless of who was the coach. But with Jalen, even in his first couple of seasons on the South, it was the same thing. A player that will remain nameless will just give him the ball and they would kind of just go back and forth and he would get whatever shots he wanted to get. But now it's a structured offense. And now when he makes mistakes on the offensive end or on the defensive end, he's held accountable. And it takes some time to get used to that. It just t- takes time to get used to, hey, I'm not the main guy anymore. This is Alperen Shangun's team, and we all know this, just like Vader said earlier. Alperen Shangun is the best player on the team, and he's going to get the bulk of the shots, which he definitely should. You know, he deserves to get that. So it takes time to get adjusted, and it takes longer for some players than others to get adjusted. And that's that exactly what's happening with Jalen Green right now. And, yes, Jalen Green is still starting, but to me, who starts really doesn't matter. It really comes down to who finishes the game, and we, we've seen that. For the most part, if you're not playing well, whether it's even Shangun, whether it's Jabari, whether it's Jalen, if you're not playing well, then you're not going to finish the game. So to me, that's what matters the most to me is, hey, who's finishing the game? It's not really who's starting the game. Yeah, and then as far as Jalen, I feel like um, 
he has to figure out, like you said, how to play within the structure of an offense. I think he benefited. He benefited in in some ways. I think it hurt his his development as being a good basketball player. But I mean, he was able to uh, have the ball in his hands more, uh, dribble around, kind of get in his yeah. rhythm, take as many shots as he wanted to take, miss as many shots as he needed to miss yeah. before he found his rhythm. And like now, you know we're trying to win basketball games. So like if he starts 0 for 4, it's a lot more glaring now. And then I think he starts pressing. And so I also feel like we're kind of not having this conversation if he was making shots, if he was able to just knock down the open three-pointer, if he was able to finish better at the rim. And I think these are things that are um, somewhat correctable. Um, Ben Sullivan was lauded as a very good uh, shooting coach. Hopefully, you know, they can get together over the offseason and figure it out or Maybe even at some point, you know, during the course of this, of this season, maybe he can help him tweak something to where um, he just becomes a guy who can at least knock down the open shot, man. We're not even doing that. And um, this was his issue with, with Jabari last year. Remember, we were like, man, he's missing wide open shots. <laughs> yeah. We had the same conversation about Jabari, and now it's Jalen. Jalen is missing wide open shots. And then when he does get to the basket, because he, he's a guy who gets any shot that he wants to get. Like, he gets where he wants to go on the floor. The talent is there, but the finishing is just um, it's subpar right now. And, you know, I'm hoping that he does his usual after the All-Star break thing where he kind of shakes out of it. Um, we can't have this in anymore, you know, moving forward. He needs to put string together, you know, a more consistent season um, and not just be a, like a, a second half player. But uh, right now, I'll take it. <laughs> right now, if he can somehow like, you know, figure something out over the second half, then, and, and, you know, I don't know. But here's one thing, too. Like, his his shot has been tweaked a lot. I think people have messed with his shot a lot. Like, you know, we've seen um, um, guys, you know, talking to him about, like, not jumping as high on his shot. And uh, we saw John Lucas working with him a lot last year on, like, keeping his base a certain kind of way on the shot. Like, they they need to figure out what what he's going to do, and he needs to stick with it because shooting is one thing that is that is rep- repetition um, driven. So like, you, you it has to be repeatable. And I think one of the biggest issues with Jalen Green right now is like his shots don't look the same. You might see him take a shot um, one way, and then you know he'll he'll take the same exact shot um, you know a few minutes later, and it looks completely different. Like he needs to get to where his form is is repeatable and it's something that he's just c- continuously doing every single time. And so I think when, once we get there, I think we'll start seeing a lot more improvement with him as far as the scoring. And you know, it's a little discouraging right now. I haven't, I'm not completely out on Jalen. I know a lot of people in the fan base are, um, but I just think like if he can just start making shots, man, like we're not having this conversation because as you already mentioned. He's gotten better defensively. Is he a defensive stalwart? Stalwart? No. But you know, he's not. Um, he's not a guy out there where you're always like, man, um, this dude is a is a is a complete liability. Get him off the floor. Yeah, he, he's probably never gonna make an all defensive team, but he's elite. Like if his offense was fine, he his defense is actually fine. You know what I mean? Um, he's not a ball stopper. He's he's shown that he can make you know passes to keep the offense offense rolling or whatever. And then, like, his rebounding, I think, has gotten noticeably better just because from from effort alone. Um, so, like, he's not a guy who I think you should throw away right now. And, and matter of fact, you know, there's a lot of people talking about trading Jalen Green right now. Like, what are you going to trade him for? Like, it's, he's on a rookie contract. Um, you, you're going to get pennies on the dollar for him right now. Like, everybody knows that he's um, 
that he's a depreciated asset right now. I don't want to talk about him like 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 he's not a human being, but like if we're just talking about like from a trade perspective, he's a depreciated asset. And it's like, you know, if you ever played the stock market or anything like that, it's like selling a stock when it's basically not worth anything. You know, it's kind of better to hold on to it and hope that it, it you know, goes back up. And I think that's where we are right now with Jalen Green. I think a lot of the stuff, like I said, I think a lot of the stuff that he's struggling with is fixable. And then if if he can fix those things, like suddenly, like the stock is back up and, you know, it makes no sense to trade him for like a, a bench dude right now. Like, I, I just don't, I don't get why people want to do that. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, people got to realize the Rockets are looking long term. They're looking at the fact that even next season, they can sign up for $12, 13000000 million. And what's the point of them trading somebody that's still, like you said, under a rookie deal that they have full control of and that they're never going to get their full uh, trade value back? So it doesn't make any sense. And I just hope people realize, like, look, it's fine to criticize players. That's what being in the – being in sports is all about following sports, being a best. You understand that. I don't think they, I don't think players have a problem when you criticize them. It's when you go overboard with it, with the negativity, or you go overboard taking personal shots at them. To me, it's like, it's just crazy. Like you said, they're human beings. And on top of that, Jaden Green is 21 years old. 21. We forget, I mean, we forget how young he is. People like, forget that all the time. These people are extremely young. Yes. Maybe he never becomes an all-star level player, but my God, I mean, Two or three years into the into the year uh, into their careers, and we already you saying ah they're no good anymore. Throw them away. To me, that's just insane. Anytime people start saying stuff like that, that's for me. That's when the basketball discussion stops because you you're just talking nonsense. If you want to criticize him, say hey, he's taking a step back this year. He definitely has to be better. Um, his minutes needs to be cut. I understand that because that's logical takes. But if you just start saying just nonsense like oh he's garbage and they just need to trade him for the 12th man on the bench just to get him off the team. It, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like, that, that's just crazy talking. And, and if they, and if they yeah. do, like, at the you know, before the trade deadline, bring in a guy who's better than Jalen Green, then he should start over Jalen Green. And we can let yeah. Jalen Green come off the bench and be a sixth, seventh man, you know, and maybe he figures it out. You know, he's 21. It's too early to say that he's not an NBA player and, and all of these things that I'm hearing. But – um I think there's still a path for for Jalen Green to at least be a guy who is a who is a guy that is a serviceable part of a winning basketball team who can come off the bench for you and get you 20 points on any given night and and help you win. And so, like, if you if you have that on a good contract, like, why would you trade that? You know, that I, I don't I don't understand the logic in that. And so, like, that's one thing I push back on. I'm not pushing back on the fact that. Like you said, he's he is having a disappointing season. I I expected, and I think everybody expected him to play better. Um, but like just kind of throwing him away just to get him off the team just is is kind of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean we all know every year there's one player that everybody focuses on that's the scapegoat of the team, man. Hey, this year it's Jalen Green. That's kind of where we are. And I know there's a lot of really good Rockets fans, and a lot of times the really good Rockets fans aren't as vocal as the people that are always negative. And I understand that's just how social media works. But like you said, sometimes you just have to take a step back and you have to be logical. It's a long NBA season. And then you can reevaluate things at the end of the season. But to to say, you know, maybe what are we like 40 games into the season that 
his third season that it's time to just get rid of him. It's just it's not a logical take. And I'm sure. Do you not even realize the fact, like if like I said, if they just fix the fact that he can't make wide open threes, like if they yeah. just if they just fix that one thing, like I don't even we don't even have to talk about the finishing yet. If we just talk yeah. about him being able to knock down an open three pointer, he like suddenly he's 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 fine. Like I'm not saying yeah. that he yeah he's not on 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 the course to be a superstar, but We've seen like Aaron Holiday come in and be like a good player on the basketball court for us at times yeah. just because he's capable of knocking down the open three and he can't do half of the stuff that Jalen Green can do. So like if, yeah. if you add the fact, you know, that if you just add that back to his game, you know, with, like I said, with Ben Sullivan or whoever he gets with, um, suddenly like I think the conversation shifts. So like if you if you or if, if you just think his jump shot is just completely broken and he's he's unsalvageable and you can't do anything with him yet. But like if you feel like that is something that they can fix, like yeah, like like I said, just trading him for, for peanuts and it just it's it's kinda I don't want to say idiotic, but it just doesn't make sense from a basketball perspective. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean we'll see how the rest of the season play out when it comes to, you know, Jalen. Um but for right now, I think we're both on the same page that we're definitely still, you know, willing to give him a chance and see if he can, you know, kind of get back to, like you said, not even have to be a superstar level, but at least a level to where he's not hurting the team on the offensive end. Uh, real quick before we wrap up the show, definitely yeah. wanted to kind of talk a little bit about tonight's game because we all know that it's the second night of back-to-back. They're going against one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Eastern Conference in the Boston Celtics. Um, let's just go ahead and get it out there. Anything? What's the chances you think they win this game tonight? Or do you think that the fact that they're at home, they play much better at home, they're 16 and 6 at home, one of the best home records in the, in the league, do you give them any type of chance to be able to pull off a victory tonight? And what do you think it would take for them to actually get that victory? What do they need to do better? I'm going to give them a 20% chance and, and maybe less than that. And, and the reason being is because without, I don't think Jabari's going to play tonight. If he plays, I'll be very surprised. He was limping pretty badly. We, we don't have Tyrese and um, it's a back-to-back. We just came out of overtime. So, like, the, I feel I feel like the only way we're able to win this game is um, I think Shingun is going to give you what Shingun is going to give you, which is, you know, you know, 25 and, and 12, something like that. Um, we, we need Jalen Green tonight. Like, it's got to be like a Jalen Green or a Cam Whitmore need to come in and, and, and give us 20 to 25 points. Uh, we need Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks to be efficient from three and for us to lock up defensively. I think the, the real key is what are we going to be able to do defensively missing Tari Eason and missing Jabari Smith? And, I, you know, I, that that probably concerns me more than the offense. So, like, I I think the, the chances to win are probably even less than 20%, but they're going to have to figure out how to lock up on defense and we're going to need a big offensive game from either from either Cam or from, um, from Jalen. I yeah. think that's the only way we win this game. So, and I'm kicking myself for not asking Jabari this because he actually did talk to – he wasn't going to talk to the media because he was dealing with, you know, the ankle. But he actually did talk to the media right before uh, we left last night. And he actually said that he was fine, that, you know, it, it feels okay. Now, what, what does that mean the next day? Because we all know, you know, we're not professional athletes, but we know when you had a twisted ankle that next day, that's when it really, you know, lets you know if you're going to be okay or not. And so as, as of right now, the Rockets didn't submit their injury report uh, as of 1030. That was the latest injury report that came out. So we don't know if Jabari's going to play or not. If I had to guess, just watching him walk back and forth you know, during the interviews yesterday, 
he was limping a little bit, but then he seems to be walking okay. So we know young guys can bounce back really quickly. So it's a chance he may actually play today, but I guess we have to kind of wait and see on that. But at least um, as far as the injury report, Drew Holiday and Al Horford are both questionable. So maybe that gives the Rockets a little bit some help if both of those players are not playing tonight. Um, that would definitely help out the Rockets in the long run. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. The Rockets are going to have to shoot really well from the three-point range, probably some of the best shooting they've had in the last seven eight games for them to have a chance. We know Boston's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. You can't go out there and shoot 20%, 30% again and expect to beat the Boston Celtics. The Rockets have to be able to make three-pointers tonight, and I think that's their best chance of staying in this game tonight is if they can go out there and shoot 40% from three-point range. So I'll give them a 30 40% chance tonight of winning this game especially if Jabari is playing and maybe if Drew Holiday and Al Horford are not playing, then that definitely raises those chances of the Rockets getting the win tonight. Um, but that's going to wrap think, up And I think, and I think, hold on, before you, and I think Boston's going to be really super motivated because like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown threw up a stinker the other night. Like yeah, they, they both played really bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, it's going to be a yeah. tough one. Yeah. So yeah, that, and actually I think if I'm not mistaken, the last time they played Boston, they had just came off of a game where, if I'm not mistaken, they got mm-hmm. uh, beat pretty badly and they were motivated coming into that game mm-hmm. again. So the Rockets are just catching Boston, it seems, at the worst time for two straight games. But we'll see how the, all that plays out tonight at the two over center. And, uh, again, we want to uh, let everybody know we appreciate all the support. We definitely appreciate, I uh, believe, uh, giving us a chance to join their network, and we're looking for a lot more great things to come with them. And, uh, of course, I want to thank you, Vader, for jumping on the show again, as usual. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Keep up the great work. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're definitely looking forward to bringing y'all a lot more great content. And as we always say, if you're not subscribing, because we look at the numbers and we see a lot of you not subscribing, but we appreciate you checking out the video anyways. But if you can hit that subscribe button, that helps us a lot. Helps us with the YouTube algorithm. Give us a like. And let us know what do you think of uh, Jalen Green. Do you think that he can turn it around? Do you think that he can you know, become the player the Rockets hope he can become or at least become uh, uh, a player that can help the Rockets uh, win games on the offensive end. And, of course, let us know what you think about Alfred Shangoon and if you think he's going to make the All-Stars team as a reserve. Uh, let us know what you think about that. And just overall, because we're almost at the midpoint of the season with the Rockets, what do you think of the first half of the season for the Rockets? Definitely leave it down in the comments. And as always, we appreciate all support. And make sure you check out the next episode of Rocket Fuel Podcast.